Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor here at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Justin Thomas, who is our sports editor for our Denton County papers, as well as Brian Murphy, who does sports for Frisco, Little Elm, and Salina. And uh, gentlemen, we're here to talk some playoff soccer. We are into the uh, into the regional tournament phase of the postseason. The uh, the playoffs resume tomorrow with the start of the regional semifinals. We've got regional tournaments scattered all throughout the state. Some as nearby as Carrollton. Another one out in Justin, and another one as far out as uh, Midland, and another one down in Austin, too. I mean, it's all over the state. And um, First off, I promise that it's not just the three of us who work here. You know, I know that's been three of us on the uh, on these past couple podcasts, but with seven of the, uh, with seven soccer teams left within our markets, we cover six of them. So, uh, yeah, we'll do what we can to uh, offer up a, uh, a bit of a look at what to expect out of the fourth round once the uh, postseason gets going again on, uh, on Friday. We're going to start, um, we're going to start in Class 6A, where we've, um, you know, Initially, the regional, the Region One tournament at the Six A was supposed to be uh, both boys and girls out in Midland at uh, Grande Communication Stadium. But thanks to some uh, some all uh, Dallas Fort Worth uh, representation on the girls side, the uh, the UIL decided to shift the uh, the girls portion of the Six A Region One tournament from Midland um, down to down to uh, Justin um, out at Northwest ISD Stadium. So saving folks around the area several hours of travel out west. So uh, Justin, let's start them um, with that Six A. Region One Girls Tournament. You've, um, you know, you cover the Marcus Girls as part of your markets. I cover the Allen Girls, both of which will be in action uh, tomorrow in the regional semifinals. Um, let's start with the Lady Marauders, Justin. You know, just kind of talk a bit about the role that they're on right now as they get uh, set for the fourth round. Yep. Well, Marcus, a traditionally strong team, and they are back in the regional tournament for a second year in a row. Last year, they made the uh, semifinal round and lost to a Keller team that wound up going to the state tournament. So. Uh, Keller will also be out there again, I believe. But um, good uh, run for the playoffs for Marcus so far. They uh, rolled in the first couple rounds. They um, beat McKinney Boyd 3-0 to start, and then San Angelo Central 4-0. Got a little tougher test in the uh, third round on Friday out in Argyle when they uh, took on a team they had already played twice in Byron Nelson and beat twice, and they made it 3-for-3 against the Lady Bobcats. Uh, They scored... Two, uh, got a 2-0 win. Uh, Francesca Moe got both of the goals. One of them came late, kind of insurance, after um, Byron Nelson had almost tied up the game. So, But Marcus prevailed 2-0, so they're uh, back at the regional tournament for uh, the second year in a row. And they're looking to uh, get back to the uh, state tournament, which they haven't done since uh, 2007. So it's been about 10 years since Marcus has got to state. And I guess a little note there, their coach when they made it to state was Kevin Alberry, who will Ooh. actually be down at the regional tournament with Matt's Allen Eagles this year. That's right. That's a, that's a juicy transition right there. Yeah. Uh, for the, uh, you know, just for the uh, record on Marcus, they're going to play against Mansfield uh, tomorrow yeah, on Friday at, uh, <laughs> at 3 o'clock at uh, Northwest ISD Stadium. That'll be the first of a uh, the first game in a doubleheader for the regional semifinals on the girls' side. The second, as JT just alluded to, will be uh, Allen versus, uh, versus Keller. That's 
that'll be at 5:30, also at Northwest ISD Stadium. Uh, you have Allen, which is uh, you know bound for the fourth round for the first time in 10 years. Um, you know, I know uh, last uh, you know Brian last week when we talked about um, Allen, it was kind of a you know you you're not really sure what to expect. You know, Allen hadn't you know necessarily set the world on fire the first two rounds of the playoffs, and they were going up against a nationally ranked South Lake team in the third round. Allen looking much much more like their uh, you know like their state ranked nationally ranked selves. They shut out the Lady Dragons three to zero in a score that might you know the score sounds lopsided. It was a much closer game than that. This was a one zero game the majority of the way, and then Allen got a pair of insurance goals um, inside the final four minutes thanks to a couple goals from uh, from Emily Russell. Um, you know Grace Dennis scored the uh, the other goal for Allen scored that one right around uh, I guess the midpoint of the uh, of the first half and Allen. I mean their defense is just I mean even despite playing you know teams a bit closer than you'd expect through the first two rounds the defense was still just lights out you know the um, the only two goals they've allowed this postseason have come off of uh, set pieces they have not yet allowed a goal this playoffs during just the normal run of play and that I mean that really just stuck out against South Lake South Lake for all of the firepower that the Lady Dragons have on offense they only got off one clean shot on goal all match against oh. Allen and it was inside like the final minute or so now, was that one of those games where the wind played a factor or? it was the wind kind of picked up a little bit because this was like a lot of games mm-hmm. on Friday. This was a you know there was a there was a weather delay yeah. and you had some uh, had some lightning that uh, that struck um, out at South Lake and forced uh, I guess a two hour delay for that matter. And then once you came out of the delay, the wind was uh, was a bit more noticeable to the point where you know talking with Coach Albury after the game for Allen, he thought that the wind was actually going to play into South Lake's favor. Um, you know coming out of the uh, delay, but nevertheless Allen's defense was able to uh, to hold serve. Um, you know they worked. They uh, they didn't really kind of trick things up. They worked with their traditional three player back line, but they also have the midfield play. Um, you know play quite a bit on uh, on defense as well. They dropped them back, and that really um, that really showed as they uh, as yeah they scored their biggest win of the season, one of the biggest wins in recent program history. And now they get to uh, they get to take on a Keller team that as Justin alluded to is is no stranger to this phase of the postseason. Keller um, Keller advanced to the state semifinals last year, where they lost to the eventual six A state champion. Pflugerville Hendrickson, but it's a much different uh, Keller team from last year. They graduated about half their roster, um, including a lot of girls who racked up some all-district superlatives, and um, it's a team that's kind of here in a bit of a, a bit of an unconventional manner. You know, they uh, they came into the season pretty highly regarded, but they only finished third in their district. But they've uh, they've kind of caught fire during the playoffs, akin to as we'll get to Brian in a bit. This uh, one of the you know Frisco Wakeland, and um, you know, but they've already taken down two district champs out west, and even though this is a team that's you know, a bit more inexperienced than last year's team was. Just the fact that um, you know it's it's a team like Keller that is plenty familiar with the uh, with competing in this phase of the postseason. This is their fourth trip to the regional semifinals in the last six seasons. So you know, for a team like Allen, that's now all of a sudden they're in uncharted waters. They've got third round monkey off their back, but everything now is is uh, is brand new for them. So um, we'll see if that uh, if that plays a role. And um, you know what? Hey, fingers crossed. Maybe we'll get an yeah. Allen Marcus matchup in a in a juicy yeah. bet between six six A and five six A. You mentioned um, Allen not allowing a goal. Keller is actually only the only team in this tournament that's given up a goal in the playoffs. Mansfield and wow. Marcus have also shut out all three of their opponents wow. in 
Keller won 1-0, then 2-1, and then 0-0. I'm guessing that one might have gone to a shootout or something yeah. against the friendship there. Yeah, so it should, so. Be, uh, should be some fun action on uh, Friday out at Northwest ISD Stadium. I'll be out there covering both of those games uh, For that, on that note. Um, Justin, Lynn, let's quickly shift gears then to, uh, to 6A Region 2. This one is not close by at all. It is, um, <laughs> it is down in um, the 6A Region 2 tournament. Both boys and girls is going to be down at the Kelly Reeves Athletic Complex down in Austin. And um, we've got uh, both the Capel boys and the girls bound for the uh, for the fourth round. The Capel boys they take on Spring Woods at uh, four o'clock on Friday. Beforehand is when the uh, the Capel girls play. They play against Round Rock at one p.m. Um, on Friday. Uh, Justin, I'll let you just kind of take the ball from here. Just kind of talk a little about the uh, both both Capel teams and their roads to uh, to the fourth round. All right. Well, we'll stick with the girls for uh, for starters and. The uh, Cowgirls were on a roll through the first two rounds. They won each of their first two games 5-0 uh, to zero before uh, running into a tough, sexy team that eliminated them in the same round a year ago. So revenge was on the mind for the Cowgirls, and they got it. Uh, needed a shootout to get it and needed extra kicks in the shootout to get it, but they got it, and they're back to the regionals. <laughs> so uh, congratulations to Coppell. Uh, like um, a lot of the teams we're going to be talking about today, another really traditionally strong team at Coppell, you know, so they um, they have some state championships <laughs> going back to 2015. Their, and that was their last uh, regional tournament appearance as well. Was that year they won state in 2015? Mm-hmm. So congrats to Capel uh, getting back there. Um, pretty balanced team. They have a pretty singular talent in Michaela we- uh, Weathers. She has a uh, tied for the team lead in goals. But Capel actually has four players that tied for the team lead in goals. It's oh, her, wow. Maya Ozmi, uh, Rebecca Watley, and. Um, one second here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, still catching up. Um, the player's going to reach out to you. Yeah, I know. I just I have to check my phone and get the text, actually. Um, Jocelyn Alonzo. Sorry about that, Jocelyn. But yeah, so the, those four are all tied with 13 goals. So a very balanced uh, offensive attack. And then, as I mentioned, uh, a defense that has not given up a goal and really didn't give up too many uh, good chances, except for a debatable offsides call in the sexy game. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so good defense. Lauren Kella came up huge in the shootout in that win against Sachs. She, she actually scored a goal and stopped four of the seven shots. So oh, wow. she's playing well in the net. They have a strong defense and, as I said, a really balanced scoring attack. So tough to pinpoint who could do the damage for the Cowgirls out there. It's always kind of sweet when the goalkeeper can get yeah. scoring a little bit. Yeah, she had never done it either. That was only really? the third time she'd even, like, practiced it. She'd never taken a kick, and she goes right out there in the regional <laughs> quarterfinals and buries one. So, um not the most familiar with Round Rock. No, I, I mean, don't really know a whole lot. I didn't these see two them teams in the, that are they're, they're play yeah. just miles and miles and miles away. I didn't see them in the national rankings or anything, yeah. but I mean, it looks like they've been playing pretty well, obviously, to get here. So mm. I don't have too much info on them, unfortunately. One, th- one thing that I, uh, you know, I'd, looking at. Um, you know where this match is taking place. You know in Austin, which is essentially you know, right next door to the Round Rock area. Yeah. I did go to a, to Google Maps to check out. It is actually just going to be a 12-minute drive from Round Rock High yeah. School to Kelly Reeves. We were just talking before the podcast mm-hmm. that is there really an advantage? You know, for playing these close playoff games and then versus Coppell, who's going to have to drive like what three, four hours. I mean, right. it's, it's going to feel like a. I mean, I'm obviously I'm not sure if that's their traditional home venue or anything. I, I don't c- think. Can't it imagine is. it is, but yeah. at the very least, it's going to feel like a home game. You'd think with it being essentially down the street. Yeah. Versus a team like Capel that you know that's about three hours, fifteen yeah. minutes away from here. So I know you mentioned yeah, Capel. Capel's trying to match the uh, intensity in the crowd. Possibly they have a nice uh, bus going down where they're busing uh, students down for both games. You can get there at nine and come back around ten or whatever and end. So that should help pack 
the stands. And I know I've been down there when, I know it's not the state tournament where I've covered Coppell games before, but I know their soccer programs typically travel really well. So I think they'll still get a good amount of support, and I don't know that that would be a huge issue, but yeah. definitely it could be an advantage. A uh, little comment on the on the boys' side and what the Coppell boys have. Yeah, the boys, um, going back to the regional tournament, fifth time in seven years for them. <laughs> So, That's consistent. Um, yes, it is. And uh, they're led by perhaps maybe the, the best player in the state, uh, SMU signee Wyatt Priest. He's just having an outstanding season. He's already scored five goals in their three playoff matches leading up to the regional tournament. So he's been on a tear. He scored 27 on the season and had 27 assists wow. and lit up the uh, Twitter YouTube with his spin move. Assist, which was crazy. I don't, it has some name. You, I you sound it. sixty years old. When you <laughs> yes, <start>. I do. On <laughs> the Twitter, YouTube, with his Twitter, YouTube, with his doing a spinning thingy, video game spin move. <laughs> but yeah, he executed it and dropped it off for a nice assist. And so he's been playing great, and Capel seems to be rolling. So this is a first trip to regionals under James Balcom, their former coach Chad Rakestraw, who led them to a couple state titles. Is now at Marcus. So debut at regionals for James Balcom and his Cowboys, and they've been rolling pretty well. Trying to pull up the. Uh, Where can we see this tweet? I want to see this uh, Twitter YouTube video. <laughs> I, can, I can. I'll tweet it out, and you can okay. uh, you can check it out. But they will be getting um, Springwoods at 4 p.m. in that game. So again, another Houston area team that I don't know a whole lot about, yeah. to be honest. So nah, no, no, none of us do. Yeah. Why, why, why would we? <laughs> why would we? It's Houston. Um, so then let's then shift gears over to uh, to Class 5A Region 2. This tournament's actually going to be very nearby. It's going to be out at Standard Stadium in Carrollton. And Brian, we've got a, uh, oh, what do you know, Frisco Wakeland, boys and girls. Um, I mean, yeah, one of the uh, preeminent soccer programs in the uh, in the Metroplex. And Who thought that these two teams would be here? That's uh, such a shock. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the schedule, the Frisco Wakeland girls, they uh, they take the, uh, the pitch at uh, 12.30 p.m. on Friday against Joshua. And then later on at 5.30 p.m., the Wakeland boys uh, square off with Mansfield-Lakeridge. Uh, Brian, I guess wherever you want to begin, boys, girls, just talk a little about the Wolverines and their trek to, uh, to Carrollton. Yeah, the Wakeland girls have had a tough road to get here. You know, wins against the Colony, North Forney, Prosper, 2-0 win at Prosper in that crazy weather delay, lightning delay on Friday over there at Clark Stadium. You know, the wind was crazy. Prosper, you know, could have been, you know, a favorite to, to win that game also. Uh, and then Joshua, you look at their district record. They're thirteen and one in district in the playoffs. They beat Red Oak three zero. They beat Sunset six zero. They beat Lakers three zero. Looking dominant in the playoffs, but maybe they haven't played the, the same competition that the Wakeland girls have. Should be an interesting game there uh, to kick off the regional tournament at twelve thirty. And then the Wakeland boys, you know, their sixth consecutive trip to the regional tournament. You know, last, you know, they have two state titles under their belt. Mm-hmm. You know, one last year with first year head coach Andy Holt. I met with the team uh, earlier this week. Senior Captain Jacob Miller gave me an interesting quote. He said, uh, quote, district play is almost boring sometimes to us. Wow. It's not to be cocky, but that's just how it is. Once we hit playoffs, everyone is just on an edge. And so, you know, that's other teams might read that and be like, oh, man, these guys are just so cocky and, you know, arrogant. They think they have it in the bag. But, I mean, when you've been to the regional tournament six years in a row, won two state titles, won a state title mm-hmm. last year in your first year as a head coach. Uh, and I found out a good tidbit, Andy Holt, uh, when he – uh, joined the team last year, he, so, he showed a picture of Georgetown to the guys. You know, because the year before they lost in the state final, and shootout. in a shootout in a really heartbreaking fashion, they lost 17 seniors from that team. And, you know, so they show this picture, and another captain, Reed Stewart, he uh, 
he told me earlier this week, he was like, yeah, that this new guy comes in, he shows us a picture of Georgetown. Like, this, guy, this guy's crazy, you know? New head coach, we lost our entire team, and then they win state last year. And so they're even hungrier uh, than ever this year, and a lot of younger guys have really stepped up. Uh, sophomore Mark Barbonis has 14 goals, and he was on the JV2 wow. team last year as a freshman. Now comes in, he's one of the leading goal scorers this year. You know, like I said, Jacob Miller, Reed Stewart, they have the state tournament MVP from last year, Manny Diaz, he's back. Uh, they have a Kentucky uh, com- Kentucky signee on defense uh, on defense uh, the first year with Wakeland. He didn't play with Wakeland last year. He's with the academy, so he's made a major change on defense as well. So I just don't see Wakeland losing to Lake Ridge. Lake Ridge has has been a good team, but here's an interesting thing about this game: Wakeland they were the four seed in District 13 5A. Lake Ridge they were the uh, four seed in wow. District 10 5A also. So seeding matters it, doesn't yeah, matter. Interesting. It feels like soccer and I guess softball to a lesser extent. Feel like those are the two where yeah. seeding just kind of you yeah. throw it out the window once you get to the playoffs. For whatever reason we just recently it feels like at least within especially, the, especially with these teams coming out of these districts. Yeah, that's I mean, that is interesting though. Wakeland just kind of like you know. They just needed to. Make, they just wanted to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. and then you know they had that proven playoff gear. And then you know once they, I mean, granted they uh, they obviously you know made it plenty difficult on themselves, starting from a four seed and whatnot. Yeah. But and I mean, going to the playoffs, they weren't playing that well. They had tied Frisco, they tied Independence, they tied Lone Star. They entered the playoffs on three consecutive ties. You know they lost to Reedy and Centennial a couple games before that. You know then they had to face Centennial, mm-hmm. number five team in the state. Uh, in that third round, and they they beat them pretty good. Beat them three one. It was tied one one, but you know they got two big second half goals, and their you know their playoff pedigree really really shown so far. One um, and I, this completely slipped my mind, but um, over in six A region one on the boys side, we forgot to mention McKinney Boyd. Let's talk a little bit about McKinney Boyd for a sec. They are actually this. Sorry, I mean apologies to the Broncos and the McKinney Boyd fans. They are playing out in Midland, so five hours away from here as they <laughs> as they square off with Friendship in their uh, in their regional semifinal that is set for three o'clock on uh, on Friday for Boyd. This is their um, this is their first trip to the regional semifinal since uh, since 2014. Um, they've looked. I mean, they've looked apart during the playoffs. They just had to get that first round monkey off their back against South Lake Carroll. They were able to uh, get past the Dragons and avenge last year. First round loss in a uh, in PKs once again. Um, then they followed that up with wins over Duncanville, and then they beat Crosstown rival McKinney 1-0 last uh, last Friday. Um, this is honestly probably on paper maybe the most if you're just judging off sheer rankings. Maybe the best of the regional semifinals that we've mentioned. You have Boyd who's number two in the state versus Friendship number eight. And um, reading over um, you know one of our other reporters Taylor Raglan and his story from the Boyd McKinney game. Um, Boyd head coach Colby Pete kind of alluded that this. Uh, uh, this matchup against Friendship is going to kind of be a battle of just great offense versus great defense. And that kind of bears out. You've got Friendship, who's scored already in three postseason matches. They've got ten total goals. And um, just looking over their schedule, they had quite a few. They had, I think, let's see, what was it? They scored at least six goals seven times this season, including a couple 10-0s, 12-0s. I mean, so they've got some firepower. Now, um, it's always a little bit tougher to kind of gauge programs like that because they're based out west. They don't play a lot of teams around the Dallas area, so there's not really a whole lot of common ground that you can kind of judge these teams off of. But, um, but on that other end, you've got McKinney Boyd, who has one of the best, maybe the best, pound-for-pound defense in the state, um, obviously having only allowed one goal um, to this point in the playoffs. And, I mean, they, uh, I think uh, we mentioned the stat last week, Brian, that they, had not, uh, they have not outright lost a game in regulation in over two years now. 
And um, so, yeah, we will see what uh, which 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 side gives great offense versus great defense. Does defense, in fact, win? I guess regional semifinals in this case. Um, we'll see. I guess uh, on Friday out in Midland, the winner of that match, Boyd versus uh, versus Friendship, will get the winner of Irving versus El Paso Montwood on Saturday for a trip to state out of uh, 6A Region One. Um, we've been talking soccer, but um, let's uh, let's kind of shift gears a little bit. Let to me just the, uh, follow up real oh, quick. Sure. Going back to my old man. Uh, Social media <laughs> okay. references. I, I retweeted the Wyatt Priest move and tagged you there, Brian. And the move yes. is referred to as the Magidi. The Magidi. The Magidi. M C G E A D Y. Who for who coined that? Who who said it was called Bob Magidi? <laughs> he executed that move back in 1956 <laughs> out on the pitch in uh, London, and soccer fan, soccer players have been trying to imitate it ever since. I see. Put him in a blender. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Check that out. <laughs> Um, so yeah, just then to uh, kind of shift gears now to the uh, our student athlete spotlight, the fast forward rewind. I know that we've been talking soccer all this time, but we're actually going to shift gears to softball for the uh, for our student athlete spotlight uh, this week. Uh, Kendrick Johnson was out with um, out of Plano West, talking with their star pitcher slash hitter Tatum Boyd, who actually a few uh, you know a month ago um, suffered a broken finger that looked like it was going to sideline her for uh, for the rest of the season. But she uh, she was back in action on Tuesday, led the Lady Wolves to a win. Kendrick had a chance to catch up with her following that victory. And here's what Tatum had to say. Welcome back to our Fast Forward Rewind segment where we look back at the past and look ahead to the future. This week's guest, Plano West superstar pitcher, junior sensation Tatum Boyd. How's it feel to be back in action after such a hard injury? It feels good to be back. Um, Staying on the sideline was definitely hard and watching our team struggle a bit was tough to watch, and I've just been wanting to get back for a while now. What was the toughest game that was it for you to watch? I know they all were. Was there anyone in particular, like, I just wish I could help my teammates, but you know you couldn't physically? Uh, probably McKinney Boyd. That was our worst loss in program history, and us not scoring a run, too, was pretty tough. And, like, them saying that they haven't won a game in two years, that was tough on us, losing so badly. So is that, is that a reason why you came back against McKinney Boyd? <laughs> yeah, that was part of it. That was a little bit of... My motivation to do that, but no, it was just the timing of it, I think. So, where you at health-wise? Um, not 100%. Um, last night, I really just went and got there and threw a few innings, and it was feeling a lot better than expected. So, I went out there, and I just pitched as much as I could, and it ended up being able to throw a whole game. Might not be the same case on Friday, but we'll see. Do you feel any pressure to um, be there for your team and not knowing, like, the whole program's literally dependent on you? Um, I'm not one to really crack under pressure. I kind of like the pressure, and I've always been that way. Um, the big situations are my favorite, and I kind of like having that um, on my shoulders. But I had Emily, like, fill in for me, and she, I thought she did a good job. And I don't know. My team's always there for me, and I don't feel any pressure necessarily coming back. The, 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 how much is excited to the fact that everybody's spirits are boosted just by you showing up on the mound? Oh, uh, it feels good. I mean, I know they always have my back, and... I'm always there for them. I think that's one of the greatest things for Plano West softball is that our team chemistry is always there, and I think that's a big part in how we play together. How big a deal would it be to come get back in the playoffs after everything? Of course, y'all, y'all probably won't win district this year, but the fact yeah. that y'all get in the playoffs with all these odds stacked against you and the heel yeah. that y'all, y'all have to climb to make that a reality. Yeah, when I heard we had a shot to go to playoffs, that was a big like motivation. I thought that'd be one of the coolest like comebacks in history. After we lost so badly those five or six games. And I think that Allen game really got us going, too, when Emily was able to get that win. Um, but going to playoffs would awesome, be awesome. 
And speaking of playoffs, how was the um, to pitch last year deep in the playoffs, going to the regionals, and all that? Give some insight to that experience. Oh, that's definitely a huge part. I mean, we know what it's like to be there and the pressure that it is to get so far, and we've done it, so we know we can get back there at some point, and it's just all about timing and how things play out. Do you think in a weird way that, that your injury might have helped your team get better and get these girls? I know there was a, a whole different crop of group of girls that you were playing with. You kind of got like in the middle, like you playing with people yeah. older than you. Now you're the older one. So does that kind of, you think it kind of in a weird way helped y'all get to, does develop into the team that y'all need to be to be on that championship level? Yeah, I definitely think that it helped everyone get a lot more experience under the belt. Um, me and Elisa Rosado were the only two returning starters to varsity. So those other seven girls, whether it be seniors, sophomores, or even we have a freshman, um, them just getting to play out there and feel a little bit of that pressure for on themselves and not so much on me, I think, really helped build their experience and even their confidence um, now that we're getting later in. After blowing through this district the last two years, do you think it's kind of weird the fact that people are looking down on y'all like, oh, West ain't who, they, who we thought they were. We got them now. Yeah, um, I mean, I know... A lot of people knew that we had seven seniors last year, and all of them started. And I knew Coach Letzum kind of knew it was, this season was going to be a little bit different, and we were just going to have to find a different way to win. It wasn't going to be as easy. But I think we can still, I mean, we can still do it, work together, and just one step at a time, one day at a time. And um, I know you don't like talking about your college, because you still got two years, though. How does the fact that you're going to one of the best colleges in America, and you don't have to worry about the next two years, you're already committed? And what made Stanford jump out to you? Um. Being committed is pretty awesome. I mean, Stanford was definitely one of my dream schools, and academically, I wanted to challenge myself, and California is definitely my favorite state, too. And um, what stood out for me about Stanford was their pitching coach. Um, I went to camp there in October and went on my unofficial visit, and I just really hit it off with her, and I thought we worked together well, and so that was a big deciding factor in it. How does it feel that um, now that you, that you've got enough compliments on the wall that people, when they hear the name Tatum Boyd, they like, oh, she's like legit, like they know who you are and stuff. You probably got people that know you that you don't know of. Do you, do you, do you like being in that position or is it kind of odd? Um, it's a little bit odd, but I mean, I like it. But I mean, I just try to stay as humble as I can and just do my job and just go out there and know how to play, play softball like I have since I was five. And um, right now you're, you're only pitching. When we see you back in the batter's box, is that something you're just going to push off the rest of the season until you get 100%? Um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't say I'd be hitting this season for high school. I don't want to rush anything, and I think I just take it easy and just work my way into things and not go full blast at first. Of course, nobody wants to get hurt. Was uh, Give us some insight on how that happened because it kind of was like a freak thing. Yeah, it was a very freak thing. So I was hitting, and I had a – the first at bat I had gotten intentionally walked, and the second one I was in a 2-2 count, and I was getting everything outside, and I always keep my toes pretty close in the line. And I got a screwball inside that I thought I could turn on, and I knew it was going to be a strike because I was so close, so anything inside needed to fell off. So I was just trying to foul that pitch off, and it just kept riding in. And so when I went to go hit it, it just hit all finger, and I knew right away that I had broken it. Mentally, how, how has this helped you in your mental game? Because you have to be strong just to come back. That's not to come back as quick as you did, because a lot of people were saying that you were going to be out for the year. Yeah, a lot of people did think that. And, I mean, I knew rehab and all that was going to be very important, so I took that stuff very seriously. And as far as, like, wearing the splint and stuff goes, I tried not to take it off much, and I did what I was told of the doctor and just followed his rules and 
quicken up things. How much physical pain were you in? Because I, I remember when I first saw you, you were like, your hand was like all like webbed up. It's, yeah. It looked very painful. Anybody, no, somebody just saw you at Walmart would have been like, man, yeah. I hope she's okay. <laughs> yeah, that first night was pretty excruciating. The next day was probably the worst, but the hardest was not being able to write at school because I had to wear that splint for three weeks. But after that, the pain started to go away and it was just stiff after I got off and I just had to re-strengthen it. And I'm still re-strengthening it. For the second half of the season, now that y'all are already there, what's your mentality other than winning every game? Um, I think just try to make improvement, improvements game by game. I think we've done that as the season has gone on, and I just want to continue to get better as a team and try to get some more wins. Do you have, I know you have your high personal standards. Are you still putting that on you, or are you just trying to do what you can do because you know you're not up to 100%? Are you, or is it still that, state, that same Tatum boy standard <laughs> that we've seen the last year and a half? Uh, I would say I still have that exact same mentality. I don't think anything changes, or I shouldn't use my finger as an excuse because if I'm going to go out there, I'm going to give it my all and do what I can, and I'm not going to change that ever. The, the, how does it feel the fact that people – um, be like, well, there's nothing special about her. She doesn't throw that fast. She's not throwing 62, but yet you continue to get people out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's a big thing in college, too. I mean, before, softball pitching used to be all about speed, and now girls are catching up to that, and I think spin is the more important part. And, I mean, I'm a ground ball pitcher, and that's what I continue to do. I just let my defense work, and I'm not big on the strikeouts. I mean, I love getting them, of course, but... I just try to let my defense work and stay ahead of hitters and limit walks. Of course, we've, we've talked about, about several times about your injury, the low light of the year. What's been your highlight of the year other than coming back? Um, my highlight of the year? Um, probably that first game against McKinney, our 5-0 win. I thought that was a really good game, and it was a good start to the season, and I thought we were going to do pretty well. And then the next game, of course, when I got hurt. But that first game, I thought we worked really well as a team and got that win. Of course, you mentioned the the personal antidote that you that yeah. you threw a no hitter. How many no hitters have you thrown in your career? Uh, I don't know an exact number off the top of my head, but not for sure. <laughs> do, you, do does it give you um, any extra motivation? The fact that um, people are game planning and stuff, or trying to find a way down that they know that y'all kind of coming close to being a hundred percent because of you, your presence versus like like the opposite when you were out there. Like, okay, they don't got Tatum there. We can be able to do some things and get some W's. Yeah. I mean, especially McKinney-Boyd last night, I know it caught them by surprise. Um, but knowing that teams have a game plan, I always kind of expect, but I just stick to mine and just get ahead and let my defense work. I mean, no big deal. And you seem like to be a student of the game. You watch other people and stuff like that. What do you think about that freshman for uh, McKinney-Boyd that's been a pretty standout? I think she's pretty good, yeah. She's only a freshman, so she still's got three more years. Throws hard. She'll be good. Good competition in the next few years. Is anybody else you looking? You we already got the boy thing out the way. So anybody else you got circled on your calendar that you looking to see that the payback for basically handing your team while you were away? Um, I mean, of course, I'd love to play Allen, but that's most likely not going to happen because we're not left with them in district unless we we're to face them in playoffs. But that'd probably be the only one. I love playing Plano because that's always our rival. We play them next week, so. So you got any messages for your, any of your fellow opponents that now that you bat that that's now that the that's not a secret no more that, that it's like it's not a rumor it's it's yeah. true. No, I mean not really. I mean we're just gonna go back out there and do like we do things like we did before I was out and things are just gonna be back to normal. So I mean, Plano West will be back and good. And one thing, it seems like, of course, you, you're happy to be back, but you're, ready, you're way more focused on the team aspect than anything individual. Oh, so. of course. I mean, I think I would always put my team ahead of 
me or anything else. Um, I think that's the most important thing in a team sport is that chemistry and just working together with one and having each other's backs. Thank you to uh, Tatum and Kendrick for uh, for that little chit chat right there. So we're going to round things out by talking about what we've got on our uh, on our coverage dockets for the rest of the uh, of the week. Um, Justin, it's a pretty uh, oh, you're you're free and clear. You got I'm a four day weekend to look forward to. I'm off to La La Land. So um, while JT's out in uh, out west, um, you know I'll be uh, I will be out at uh, out at Northwest ISD Stadium tomorrow covering the uh, the six A Region One Girls Tournament. Um, as we mentioned, Marcus plays at three o'clock, um, followed by Allen at five thirty. And then also another note, um, this is going down on, uh, I want to just make a quick note of something that's happening Saturday morning out in, um, out in uh, Murphy, I guess, right next to Plano, and that is the, uh, the Gary Don 5K. This is, um, this is Saturday morning, it's 8 a.m. to noon out at Kimbra Stadium. Um, it's a fundraiser, you know, it's uh, $20 for students, $30 for adults. Um, all proceeds will go towards the medical expenses for Plano East assistant football coach Gary Don Moore, who was recently diagnosed with ALS. Um, if you would like to register for the 5K or just make a donation, uh, you can go to the URL that's listed below. That is tinyurl.com uh, backslash Gary Don 5K. Uh, Brian, what, uh, what do you have on the coverage docket for the rest of the week? I will be right down the street on Friday at Stanford Stadium. Wakeland girls play Joshua at 1230. Wakeland boys play Mansfield Lakeridge at 530. And I've been seeing the weather might get bad again Friday, so Gosh. hoping there's no delays or cancellations oh. that could derail derail uh, a lot of weekend plans for a lot of people involved there. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So, Brian, where can these folks follow you along at Twitter? At Brian Murphy underscore, and it's Brian with a Y. And you can follow me along at MWelchSLM. Um, said we'll be tweeting up updates from our games. Uh, once the stories are done, you can check those out, plus any video highlights, rapid reaction podcasts at StarLocalSports.com. Otherwise, this has been Matt Welch with the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. Brian, Justin, appreciate you all for tagging along. Folks, enjoy the rest of your weeks. We will talk to you all next week. Thanks again to our sponsors, Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.